Hi and welcome to Psyche, Örebro University's psychology program's own podcast. Today our host John Barnes is joined by Patrick Holmström, who is a frequent lecturer at our program, and we are going to hear him talk about his bipolar disorder. Due to the pandemic, this interview was recorded over the phone. I thought I'd just start off by maybe just explaining briefly how we know each other. So um, you've been lecturing in the psychology program at Edinburgh for quite some time now. How long is it that you've been coming and lecturing? It uh, must be, is it two and a half years, I think? Yes, I think that sounds about right. So for about uh, two and a half years, you've been coming in once a term and uh, lecturing to our students, explaining or telling them about your story and your experiences of having bipolar illness. And yeah. um, we're recording this now because uh, obviously with coronavirus, we haven't been running classes face to face, they've been distanced. And so yes. we thought I'd actually record a, a, an interview uh, in replace of, of you doing a lecture. Um, so you, you, uh, you lecture for us and you, have, uh, you do quite a bit of public speaking. Yeah, I do. Uh, I'm uh, in an organization uh, that is called uh, Järnkoll here in Sweden, and uh, we are 300 ambassadors in uh, the whole in Sweden that go out and uh, and uh, talk about our experiences of uh, mental illness in. Uh, in in different ways and i am uh, i am one of of them mm. so that's uh, my role here how long have you been doing that not just with us at the university but how long have you been public speaking uh about 10 years so you're a very experienced public speaker yeah uh, yeah time. yeah and um the most most I've uh, talked in talked for is about two hundred people, okay. <laughs> and that That's was hard. in the beginning. Uh, but okay. uh, uh, it's very, very, mm. very nice. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, you're a bit of a veteran at this. Yes, you can say that. <laughs> so, um, what I thought we we've, we've already discussed this, but what I thought we'd do today is. Talk a little bit about bipolar illness, in particular bipolar two, because that's the um, the experience you've been having. I get yeah. you to to tell us as much as possible about what you've experienced and how this has played out across your life and your experience with hospital and medication and therapy, and and then maybe a little bit of a discussion around where this sits in your life these days and yeah. how this how this fits into the rest of your life. Yes. Um, so maybe starting off, um, so my understanding is that, that you have a diagnosis of something called bipolar 2. Yes, that, that's my uh, ba- basic uh, diagnosis. And then I, uh, I uh, went, uh, got a uh, psychotic uh, episode uh, and also a strong... Uh, anxiety disorder general anxiety disorder as well yeah so uh, yeah so with um with the dsm uh we've got a a bunch of students who are studying dsm criteria so uh here we're probably saying it's a bipolar two illness with psychotic features Mm -hmm. 
Yes. And there's yes. something called a specifier of anxious distress. So that's kind of the convoluted uh, diagnostic term for it, I yeah. guess. Maybe maybe yeah. we could talk a little bit about this illness and, and what you've experienced. So perhaps I could just yeah. start off with just sort of quickly summarizing what bipolar, bipolar 2 is. So uh, bipolar 2 is... Uh, uh, the the mania is relatively uh, mild. Mm. Uh, uh, you have a, a heightened uh, uh, heightened uh, uh, greatly ele elevated yes. mood. Uh, you can yeah. say. So we can, uh, it's called. I think you're describing what's called hypomania. Yeah, hypomania. Yes. Less, we probably need to back up a bit and just actually explain to everybody that might not know what these things are. So, bipolar two is is a uh, is a disorder that is uh, characterized by. Um, yeah, you are very yeah yeah you are very energetic and you talk fast and you uh, got very impulses in your brain. They come so fast yeah. so, and. And uh, you interrupt people ev uh, all yeah. the time, and uh, you're very, very annoying <laughs> for, for, yeah. for the surrounding. Uh, but uh, you so can't you you can't do anything about it. It, it uh, the life is wonderful. You have an euphoria in your brain. Yeah. So we uh, have this illness involves um, these periods of elevated mood and you're describing it there so feeling euphoric um yeah not sleeping thoughts going really quick um being very impulsive hypomania yeah. is apparently <laughs> quite a nice experience to have yeah but, but it has a uh, uh, downside too yeah. uh, you get uh, irritable and yeah. impatient and uh, you feel criticized and uh, counter uh, f uh, that the surroundings are against you and uh, yeah. they so you don't yeah very very irritable i guess <laughs> yeah 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 um and so with hypermania is a sort of a milder version of full blown mania yes and, um, it is it typically is. I don't know how this goes for you, but typically a person becomes more and more elevated, and as they get more and more euphoric and elevated, they start to become very yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. And this, unfortunately, is for bipolar two. I guess not even the most typical part of the illness because bipolar two is characterised by depressive episodes as well. Yeah, and uh, bipolar depression isn't like an ordinary depression because it's much much deeper and uh, more more uh, difficult to treat uh, so and, i and i had one biological component to it yeah i had uh, very many episodes of uh, bipolar depression and I've mostly I've been admitted uh, because of my deep, deep uh, uh, depressions. Uh, so, for, so for you, you have, and this is this is also sort of characteristic of bipolar too, is that you have many more depressive episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they're the ones that really cause you trouble. Yes, 
Uh, yeah. When I am in a hypomania state, uh, I'm not uh, not. Uh, uh, the life is just wonderful, then. and uh, I I I I don't uh, have the uh, to to. Uh, uh, Against the surroundings, uh, mm. I'm ju I'm just a, a funny guy. Mm. Yeah. You, um, does your sleep change when you're hypermanic? I think maybe we can talk about hypermanic uh, a little bit and then go to the depression. Uh, no, How did you sleep? Uh, no, it, it uh, I, I'm uh, at uh, uh, three or four uh, days. I could. Uh, uh, I could uh, go without sleep. Yeah, um, and I guess one of the one of the problems problems there is that if you don't sleep for three or four days, it tends to make anybody quite sick. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. So okay, so you you start to feel you start to feel really good about everything. You start yes. to not sleep. Yes. About like there's this idea of what's called racing thoughts or flight of ideas, lots and lots of thinking. You referred to it before. Could you tell us a bit about that? Uh, 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 sorry, could you? Oh, okay. I was just saying that um, you were talking. You mentioned before about having lots of thoughts, lots and lots of quick thinking, and and we have yeah. these ideas of what's called racing thoughts or flight of ideas in states of elevation. Yeah. yeah. It goes so uh, I uh, can uh, uh, call uh, I can call people that I haven't called in a long time. I can, I could uh, got ideas uh, of uh, certain things and order things. Uh, yeah from from uh, from the net and uh, uh, so you start to spend money more impulsively yeah yeah certainly certainly uh, and uh, just to uh, to it felt so good at the time you mm. see yeah everything feels wonderful um, yeah, how, how, how much of a problem so um, often people that become a bit elevated, they have a lot of, they can run into some trouble with impulsivity or, or disinhibition. So, you know, the spending money, sometimes people yeah. uh, are much more drawn towards things like drinking. Um, no, no I, I never had that, the drinking problem, uh, I have never had. Well, that's good. How about they go with... Uh, how how much of a problem has the spending been? Uh, or have you sort of bought really expensive things that you can't afford? Or uh, no, I I I've managed to uh, uh, to uh, to uh, I have never uh, taken uh, loans to uh, to con consume things uh, just. Uh, just unnecessary things. Uh, uh, I have uh, bide uh, and, and 
that is uh, uh, so so I've held myself in a uh, uh, in a in a my uh, my budget okay. uh, but uh, but everything I I I managed to uh, save that went out uh -huh. again okay okay uh -huh. so you've yeah you've so, been contented so between between my episodes I, I I've uh, managed to live quite normal uh, uh, sometimes the episodes uh, have come with uh, it was different every time how mm. much time it it was between them okay so, and so when when you've become elevated and you said you might not sleep for several days yeah how long does this go on because often what happens with bipolar uh, 2 is you then crash into a depression yeah, I I would say uh, two to three weeks with hypomania, and uh, this is when I was at worst, mm -hmm. uh, uh, and uh, then uh, two months with uh, a depression, mm. uh, and that was uh, before two thousand nine when I got uh, ECT. Yeah. So we might, we'll definitely come back to the ECT. So yeah, yeah, I, I go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. That's okay. That's okay. Um, so you have these these sort of periods of hypomania that go for a couple of weeks, and then unfortunately you crash into a longer depression. And maybe you could tell us a bit about depression or your experience of it. Yeah, it, it's a very deep feeling of hopelessness. Uh, and you are in a very, very dark place, and and uh, uh, the negative thoughts you can you can't do anything about it. Uh, they, they they hijack you you uh, all over. Yeah, and uh, you uh, the classic symptoms. Uh, and you you become very self-centered in a negative way, way. Uh, and you think of all you have done wrong and yeah. and what you never uh, succeeded with mm. and and so uh, you're worthless uh, yeah. and uh, it's so profound yeah it, it uh, you can't comfort uh, anyone yeah of a clinical depression you you must in right away to yeah. uh, to to uh, get treatment yeah so you're describing your mood getting very very low and you're yeah. describing a lot of changes to your thinking so um, yeah, yeah starting to to see the world through a very very negative very, very negative lens, feeling very hopeless and worthless and feeling, yeah. I would guess, very, very guilty as well. Yeah, yeah, it's so, it's so profound. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, taken over your mind completely uh, mm. and uh, uh, it's stuck there. Yeah, so you get the mood goes down and you get these changes to your thinking. And yeah. then some people with depression, they, they develop something called anhedonia, which is where you stop enjoying anything. 
things you used to like doing yeah. no longer yeah. are yeah. enjoyable. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. The, the things that you your interest and uh, uh, in things mm. is uh, is uh, gone. Totally yeah. gone. Totally gone. And just to explain this a bit for anybody listening is yeah. um, anhedonia, the person appears to lose the capacity to enjoy or experience pleasure or experience reinforcement from activity. So things literally no longer feel good at all. Um, so you have some of that. Uh, what other things? Does your sleep get affected when you're, when you're depressed as well? Uh, I sleep more uh, and uh, less... I, I don't I don't want to be be awake to feel the pain in yeah. in in my in my mind. Mm. So, so I sleep much more. That's uh, actually um, we see that a lot with people that experience depression. They they will um, yeah basically start to try to sleep all day to to avoid this pain. And I guess just like not sleeping is really bad for being hypermanic, oversleeping yeah. is really bad for being depressed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you start to sleep more. Um, does your appetite change? Uh, it it uh, it decreases uh, during a dep depressive uh, episode, uh, and uh, through through the years the the. The, the intensity and the length of of uh, uh, de depress depression episode has decreased. Okay. Yeah, uh, all the time. So, uh, so uh, I. Maybe I just misheard you there, but the depressive episodes have been getting easier over time or worse? Yeah, 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 yeah. Easier. Yeah, easier, but... but That's great. <laughs> uh, mm. So you get... Um, there's another thing that some people experience when they're depressed, and it's, it's, it's called psychomotor retardation, which sounds a bit strange, I guess, if you've never heard it before. But describe this, I guess you would say a person seems to be slowed down. Their thinking slows down. Their movement, yeah, yeah. literally, a person's whole being literally seems to slow down. We see the opposite in, in mania, where a person speeds yeah. up. Do you and experience you, that when you get depressed? Yes, I did, uh, and you can't uh, you can't uh, hold uh, the thread. Uh, thought mm. uh, is a broken. So our thoughts. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be uh, spoken is uh, is uh, broken. Yeah, uh, so I yeah. guess you have a lot of trouble concentrating. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Focus and concentrating and uh, communi communicating in a proper way, uh, yeah. and uh, that's really uh, annoying to. But uh, they, they uh, uh, you can see in my uh, in the body language mm. uh, too. As you as you said uh, uh, that you you get slower and uh, you get uh, uh, a bit uh, 
everything go, goes in out, uh, slow motion. Yeah. Of, of, yeah. Uh, yeah. I can experience. And, and again, just for anybody that might be listening, uh, a person that becomes psychomotor retarded literally looks like they've been slowed down. So yeah, speaking yeah. slowly, yeah. moving slowly, yeah. the thinking yeah. is slow. So it's kind of the opposite of being manic or elevated where yes. one, one uh, phase you're quite, speeding up and in this phase you're yeah. speeding down. Yeah. Quite the opposite, yes. And unfortunately, um, with episodes of depression, some people experience suicidal ideation. Has that has that had some, something that's happened with you before? Or? Uh, sorry, what did you oh, say? Oh, sorry. That for, for, unfortunately, for some people that become depressed, they actually yeah. become suicidal. They start to think about taking their own life. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, it has happened uh, uh, a couple of times. Uh, in the beginning, and then it was more... I planned it and I started to write uh, uh, goodbye letters, uh, which my mother found. Uh, I'm glad now that she did. But then I was in a, in a psychiatric care, yeah. and uh, she said to the to the uh, to the uh, uh, those who work there. Uh, and then I, I've just been uh, medicated with uh, with uh, antipsychotic, and those were very blunt on in this those days in okay, the eighties. Yeah. 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 So we might um, we, we might come back to the uh, yeah shortly. Okay. I just yeah I just want to I just wanted to touch on a few more symptoms here just for for anybody that's listening. Yeah. So so yeah. you have had these experiences of getting so low that you become suicidal and fortunately um, you're able to get through that. But uh, my understanding is you also develop some psychotic symptoms when you've been really, really depressed. Could you could you tell us about those just a little bit? Yes, uh, it, it was uh, when I was di diagnosed with a bipolar uh, disorder type 2 and uh, then then I was diagnosed uh, uh, that then was called cycloid uh, psychosis uh, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it I felt then then that all around me everything was directed mm -hmm. and uh, and every, everybody was in in the conspiration okay. Uh, yeah, even my my uh, near near ones, and uh, I was very suspicious, and uh, and uh, I felt like everything is a threat. I yeah. was so I was so afraid and scared. Yeah. To, so to it, it sounds to me like you were developing what we would call is paranoia. And maybe yes, some paranoid yes, delusions. Yeah, yeah. I had the classical uh, symptoms for 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 uh, psychosis, but mm. the the antipsychotic uh, it took uh, medicine. It took uh, quite uh, fast uh, to to work for me. Okay. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, about. For four to six weeks or something. Yeah. 
So, but I had some leftover, uh, but I could deal with it. But uh, yeah. I, st I still had that suspicion as an uh, left. Uh, and uh, but I could deal with it. Uh, and just to, just, to, just for anybody listening that's not familiar with some of this stuff, um, delusions or particularly paranoid delusions are when people develop very very strong rigid thoughts and beliefs that appear to be disconnected from reality. So with a paranoid delusion, which is a very common kind of delusion actually, people start to believe that people are trying to hurt them or trying to get them and they can really start to believe that there's a large conspiracy. And yeah, that sounds yeah. to me pretty much what you're describing. Yeah, I, 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 sometimes I, I was afraid for my life uh, yeah. uh, and I should, shouldn't have been, uh, but uh, it was uh, an uh, uh, irregular uh, feeling. So mm -hmm. th then I started to uh, isolate myself. So yeah. I was I was safe in my apartment. Uh, yeah. And uh, well, understandably, yeah. I mean, if if anybody thought that everybody was trying to get them, I think anybody would be very scared and would go and isolate themselves. I think it's a very uh, it's a very understandable response if you happen to believe that's what's happening. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so the, the last um, the last little sort of symptom I wanted to touch upon was um, I believe that you also experience something called anxious distress when you're very depressed. And that is just this feeling, every, I'm guessing that most people listening will understand what anxiety is, so feeling incredibly anxious. Could you, could you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, uh, sorry. Uh... Could, could you, yeah, could you say that again? Yeah, so this, um, the last little, we're going to move on in a moment, but just this sort of yeah. last little symptom I wanted to discuss that, that I know that you've had some trouble with is something called anxious distress. Yeah. And yeah. this is this very, very intense anxiety experience. And I, I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about that as well. Uh, I had a very, very, very profound symptoms and... Uh, it uh, affected all of my body. Uh, it uh, it was so so. Um, how should I put it? Uh, 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 that it's uh, paralyzing. I would say. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it uh, felt it felt so that it could uh, 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 that my in, inner inner uh, vital could burst in any moment yeah, okay. uh, and, is this, and was this happening when you're depressed does that happen when depressed or does it happen happen separately that was uh, that, that was uh, when I was uh, really depressed Mm -hmm. okay, uh, so that's, yeah, so that's the, the depressive episode and you've got this, what the DSM will say, as a specifier, which is this anxious distress specifier. Anxious distress, yes, yeah. you're right. Yeah. So maybe you, could, maybe you could tell us a little bit about how this has all played out over the years. So 
um, hopefully everybody has got a bit of an idea about the kind of when you're unwell, the kind of things you experience. But maybe you could tell us a little bit about when it's all started. Uh, it started uh, when I was 17, and uh, then I uh, start uh, as I look back. Uh, it started with uh, uh, abnormal mood swings, mm. and uh, during your teenage years. Yeah, I was 17, uh, and uh, uh, in the spring 86, uh, I was really depressed, uh, mm -hmm. but I didn't uh, grasp uh, the situation uh, properly. But mm -hmm. then for the summer, I got in uh, hypomania, and uh, throughout the summer, I was uh, all over the place, mm -hmm. I remember. Uh, but then in the fall, 86, came the depression again. Okay. I, I had uh, started the, the last year in, uh, in uh, gymnasium. Okay. Uh, and it went down and down and down and... Uh, I, uh, I I I was uh, uh, got to talk with the curator on, on the school, mm. and she said after a couple of times that, that I can't fix this. I, I so so she accompanied me to the psychiatric uh, emergency room okay so so she obviously could see that you were very very yeah angry. yeah so i have her a lot to to thank uh, thank her a lot okay. so just yeah. just to back up just to back up a little bit um, yes one thing i wanted to ask was is there any family history of of bipolar illness with, with your family? Because this is off, there's often a family history with bipolar. Yes, in, in fact, uh, there is. Uh, the nearest I have is uh, an aunt. She's 80 years old uh, today. Uh, she also uh, suffered from mental illness from a young age. Okay. And uh, she, she's born in uh, 1939. Uh, and uh, in those days, uh, uh, then you were weak in your nerves, and uh, yeah. You, yeah, you know, uh, and uh, she, she hadn't uh, uh, an easy life. Uh, yeah. And then uh, I just my, just to, just, yeah. to, just to point this out for anybody um, that's listening, that people can develop problems with their mood in reaction to what's going on in life, but yes. also some mood problems have a very strong genetic component and bipolar illnesses are thought to have a fairly strong genetic component. And so yeah. what typically happens with something like bipolar 2, and it sounds like you're describing it almost perfectly here, is a person will start to develop depressive episodes through their teenage years. And then in their late teens or early 20s, they'll often have their first hypermanic or manic episode. So this was something, just so everyone's clear here, this is sort of something, this is something in, a, in your biology that has kind of emerged through these teenage years. Yeah, I, I must say, uh, I 
the, uh, this isn't a diagnosis. I'm a high sensitive person. Ah. And I have always been very sensitive uh, to things. Uh, I, uh, you can call it a drama queen or uh, <laughs> whatever. Uh, but I've always uh, uh, been that way in my personality. So I, I don't know if that has anything to do with it. Uh, but uh, then uh, I would say this, uh, that it happened in... Uh, late teens for me uh, is that you start to grow up and you must do profound decisions of your life and uh, I, I couldn't deal with that uh, I see now so I think so, uh, uh, I think I, people that have often that people have a bipolar vulnerability um, they're often um, quite sensitive to stress in general so that can be um, interpersonal stress, um, physical stress, chemical stress. Um, so that, that's often true of people that have a bipolar vulnerability. So, yeah, I think, I mean, yeah, um, I don't know about it being a drama queen issue, but it might just be that you were a little bit more sensitive to, you know, that period of life where there's a lot of, yeah, a lot of stress. Yeah. yeah, I would think so. When I look back uh, now, when I am mid uh, mid uh, middle age and so uh, and uh, but uh, uh, I, I I think now I I I am in a good place in my mm. life uh, and uh, I am not bitter uh, in any way of what has uh, affected me but uh, uh, yeah. Mm. Um, I think you told me once before, because often people mistakenly will presume that, that someone who has developed a mental health problem early on has had a lot of trouble at home or there's been something happening. But I think you told me that you, you had quite a good childhood. Yeah, I, I did. Uh, it wasn't... Uh, my, my parents were hardworking. My, 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 my dad was... Uh, 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 handyman. Uh, yep. uh, he he worked with the carpets, uh, mm -hmm. and my my mother worked in the in the uh, uh, baked bread in a big factory. Uh, I, <laughs> uh, and uh, they they were very had a very strong work ethics. Mm. Okay. So it, was, it was largely a nice childhood. It was largely a nice childhood. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, and again, just to sort of, I just want to sort of clarify this for anyone that's listening is life's sort of going okay. Life's good. You have a nice childhood. But unfortunately, it sounds like you've probably got a genetically or an inherited vulnerability to bipolar illness. And then in your late teenage years, you find yourself going into hospital. So what was yeah. that like? The first time you went to you went straight into psychiatric oh, care at seventeen. Oh, yeah, it was uh, then the there was those old uh, psychiatric hospitals that lay. It was situated a bit outside the city mm. and uh, in a park-like uh, surrounding and. Uh, mm. 
we had the Meldringer Klinikerna uh, here uh, about three, three kilometers from the city. Mm -hmm. and, uh, uh, and they had, uh, so at 17 uh, in this, uh, it was a general uh, ward Mm -hmm. for for uh, every every diagnosis uh, okay. and and so and uh, above us lay the storm the storm, the storm. Uh, the storm uh, ward and there was the uh, out acting uh, uh, patients and okay. and uh, you heard uh, uh, sounds uh, down and uh, I remember the first night I was so terrified mm. I, I was so uh, uh, because uh, I must say uh, before I uh, got ill myself I had uh, prejudices mm. against uh, against uh, mental illness and mm -hmm. so uh but, but uh, the more you learn about it uh, the more and the uh, more knowledge you have uh, that mm. uh, you uh, you know, it isn't that uh, uh, dramatized yeah so and i mean that's that's largely why you do what you do isn't it you you try to spread information and educate people in the community about mental health problems. Yeah, and then I, I hope I can reach uh, the the guys that uh, that are not feeling well. Mm -hmm. uh, that the, the, this macho macho ideal for a man yeah. or or a, a guy uh, that I can help to 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 uh, get that uh, yeah uh, to get that uh, away uh, yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah. you you're seven you're 17 years of age you're lying i assume in a hospital bed in a small room and you can hear all sorts of bedlam going on upstairs yes and you're terrified and you're also severely depressed yeah, yeah, I was because uh, uh, the, this uh, uh, emergency room. The, then uh, you should be there in three days for assessment. Mm -hmm. But it took less than an hour. I was out on this uh, hospital. Okay, so you went for some assessment, and then they put you into the ward. Yeah, so uh, less okay. than an hour, I I was. Uh, Admitted in in this uh, oh, yeah. in this ward. Were you were you suicidal around this time? Is this when you were suicidal? Uh, yeah, it was that time I had written the letters. Okay. Uh, so I didn't uh, uh, had uh, the opportunity to go further mm. uh, than the uh, curator has accompanied me to the. To the emergency room and uh -huh. right it, so it was the, yeah so, it was the culture so, that became aware of the of the suicide notes no it was my mother when oh, i was okay. admitted 
uh, and then she said to the to the staff, uh, and then uh, the staff talked to me, and uh, uh, and those blunt uh, medication, uh, then it was a risk that I was more more uh, when I when I. Uh, uh, come out of this depression and uh, be more active, then I could. It could uh, be as I uh, could uh, attempt. Yeah. So this is um, this has been a problem with different medications and for different people when um, yeah. they're very, very depressed and, and, and not really able to function, some of the medications can have the side effect of, of agitating them and lifting them yes. and they start to become more able to act upon the way they're, they're thinking and feeling. So they were obviously oh, worried yeah. about they were worried about what would happen as you actually started to lift out of your depression a bit. Yeah, that was the case. Mm -hmm. uh, exactly. Exactly. So what, uh, what happened? So, so you're at this, you're at, you're at what sounds like a very, very dark point. You're yeah, I was. Uh, depressed, probably a little bit psychotic at that stage as well, I would guess. No, not at that, not at that time. Uh, uh, I was admitted for four months, and uh, at that time, mm. uh, and uh, then I uh, I missed so much in in school. So uh -huh. I I uh, uh, took uh, uh, the student uh, uh, my student in another class uh, next year. Uh, yeah, so you had to repeat a class. Yeah, uh, okay. Uh, and uh, then uh, those uh, psychotic episodes started when I got the bipolar uh, the diagnosis. Okay, so that's actually always going to be my next question was, so you're in, when you're in hospital this first time, what did, what did the staff think was going on? What was your diagnosis? Uh, the first time, yeah, uh, that it was a unipolar, uh, uh, unipolar uh, depression. Okay. So I, I was uh, I was treated as uh, yeah. I ha had that, and uh, as you know, uh, it is not good. No, uh, I was just saying I, I know where this is going because this is a very yeah. common story for people. Yeah, uh, I'm guessing they've mistakenly diagnosed you, diagnosed you with unipolar depression, which just means that yeah. a, a depression where you only get depressed, you don't go up. Yeah, um, probably, probably with antidepressants. And unfortunately, people that have a bipolar vulnerability, if you give them antidepressants, they become manic. Exactly. Yeah. So that, that, <clears throat> that was uh, uh, what happened to me. Uh, yeah. Uh, and uh, I, I will uh, I will just say if, if you in your profession meet uh, meet uh, for for someone for the first time mm. that, that shows uh, clear de depressive uh, symptoms mm. ask about their their background absolutely how, how have you felt before this yeah, 
how, how have you uh, have you well, had uh, you have felt uh, euphoria or uh, have uh, manic uh, behavior and so yeah. on? And unfortunately, so, this this kind of mistaken or this misdiagnosis of depression and subsequent treatment with antidepressants is unfortunately the number one way that we find out people are bipolar by accident basically and so that's happening yeah. okay yeah so you've yeah. so you're in you're in hospital for four months they treat you for a deep depression yes. you come out you have to repeat a year of school and then what happens yeah. next uh then i got uh, my student student visa uh and then i i managed to to uh, uh 10 months in the military service okay and uh, and that uh, i'm i'm surprised that i i managed to do that uh, i i got uh, mid middle uh, middle um, uh marks and uh, oh so this was the was this compulsory military service or you actually just yeah then, then it was uh compulsory yes so i should just yeah, uh, yeah i just point out here for anybody that's not familiar but, with uh, the system yeah. there there was compulsory military service and, and for a long time so yeah you finish school and then you go and do a year with the army basically yeah yeah uh, and that was uh uplifting and uh, i thought that i had uh, managed to uh, uh to ha have have this illness away from me but uh, no you, it wasn't like that uh, i taking were you taking medication through this period so you've come out of hospital uh or yes i did mm yes i did uh, uh and but then after the uh, the military service i got a job at uh, at a transport company and uh, that was very very stressful uh, and uh, then in that summer of 88 uh no 89 uh i first uh, found myself in a manic uh, disorder okay so you, you became elevated were you still taking yeah. antidepressants at that state yeah i did okay so it was <laughs> it's not, uh excuse the phrase but you're basically a ticking time bomb you you're yeah, you've got any yeah i was yeah i was uh you've got a bipolar bipolar illness vulnerability you're taking antidepressant and you've got a high stress workload yeah yeah and there we go and yeah the the, first. yeah it, it uh now uh now i see how terrible it was uh but uh then in the fall i uh started to tip over into into a deep deep uh, depression yeah how did when you when you had your first sort of major hypermanic episode how how did you know or did anybody notice how did anybody notice that you were 
No, that, that's so strange because no no one really confronted me because they, they uh, uh, people aren't the snapshot, you know. I, I met uh, different people and I was a happy guy and I was funny and I was... Uh, uh, I was a clown, uh, really, uh, and uh, uh, and uh, in many ways, I surely was amusing, uh, and so uh, for 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 the most of the time, I would say. And actually, uh, um, this is pretty typical. So. Um, as opposed to full-blown mania, which anybody would notice. Yes. <laughs> dramatic yeah, full-blown yeah. mania. But hypermania is actually quite hard to spot. If you don't know a person quite well, no. you wouldn't necessarily think there was anything wrong. And just like yeah. you're saying, actually, they just seem like they're having a very good time. Yeah, 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 basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I uh, must say... Uh, the, but I never got uh, any confrontation from pe people I knew or so. Uh, okay, I, I've lost friends uh, along the way mm -hmm. because of my behavior and how I, how I acted and so on. Mm. Uh, but I, I've got new friends uh, now uh, uh, to hang out with and so so. Uh, I'm I'm not uh, especially sad about that, uh, uh, and so I I understand that, that I was I was uh, totally annoying, uh, <laughs> yeah, impulsive, uh, and, yeah, 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 yeah. So you 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 have your first hypermanic episode, and then you crash into a a really deep depression again. Yes, and that was a very, very deep, uh, uh, deep depression, uh, and uh, the whole system in my body uh, shut down, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, a bipolar depression is so uh, is so profound uh, in that way that that you. The, the, just lifting your arms is like lifting uh, two billion tons. Yeah. Uh, you're so heavy in your body. Yeah. And uh, and uh, that. Uh, yeah. Okay. There's actually um, something that's referred to as leaden paralysis, which can happen in very deep depressions, where a person feels extremely heavy and physically incapable of moving. And right. it sounds like also there's some terms like melancholia, which is a very, yeah. very heavy, physically very heavy uh, deep depression. And um, melancholia is often characterized by being worse in the mornings. Do you remember if that yeah. was part of it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I was feeling so, so mornings were terrible but then in the afternoon and to the to the evening it uh, lighted up a bit yeah so that sounds to me very much like what we what a specifier called melancholia 
and yeah, it's melancholia. Okay. Kind of like the darkest, worst version of depression you can get. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to guess that probably the suicidality came back. You started, were you suicidal again at this time? Uh, no, uh, not at this point. Uh, I, I was admitted for six months then because uh, through this, uh, here, I was, uh, I've always been sensitive for different medication and how much, and uh, so I have had. Uh, side effects yes okay. I've had uh, a lot of side effects about uh, it uh, has been cramps in my body and it has been I uh, became very stiff in my joints yes. and uh, so, so to speak yeah uh, okay. And what were they? What were they treating with you? At the, treating you with at this stage? And what was? Had anybody realised that you were bipolar at this stage, or are they still just treating you for depression? No, I, I got lithium. Okay, so they, somebody somebody has realised that you're bipolar by this stage. Yeah, yeah. Now, now they got got it mm -hmm. uh, at this time. Uh, so I got lithium, and that's it. Uh, mood stabilizer, uh, very common, uh, and uh, then I got antipsychoticum cisodinol. Mm. And were, you, were they giving you an antipsychotic because you'd become psychotic at this stage? Is this when the paranoia started up? Yeah, yeah that, that was uh, paranoia uh, uh, when I was uh, really, really scared. Uh, and. Uh, I uh, could uh, I, uh, just explain that uh, when I woke up, I sat on my bed for, uh, I think it was two or three weeks. I couldn't move a muscle because then I thought something bad would happen. Okay. So you're terrified. I, but it was uh, so in in me uh, it was the truth in me uh, uh, so but uh, then i got this uh, cisodinol mm. and then after a few yeah three four weeks it uh, decreased those psychotic uh, yeah. symptoms okay and i should just uh just for anybody listening, you should just say that it's actually very, very difficult to know how to start treating a person with antipsychotics or mood stabilizers because different people respond to different medications and different dosages. So, yeah. um, and particularly with someone who has, you know, you've obviously got you know, a bipolar illness with some psychotic features, it's actually very hard to get the medication sorted out. So that's, that's not an uncommon story for a person to spend quite a bit of time maybe many months whilst uh, treating physicians are trying to work out what medication and what amount. So you're in there for quite a while and they got that sorted out. Mm. Mm. So what happens next? So, so far you've had a couple of what sound like you know, pretty serious hospital admissions. How many yeah, admissions have you had over the years? Oh, it was, yeah, it must have been 
between yeah, 10 or 15. Wow. Uh, yeah, uh, and then I count those who was a bit longer too. Uh, uh, that was perhaps a couple of months. Okay. Uh, yeah. So, uh, so we're, we're talking about is it sort of a couple a year? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So a couple of times, so a couple of times a year, you're having to go into hospital to try to stabilize. I'm guessing you're dropping in, you're going into hospital because you're depressed each time. Yeah, most I have got uh, treatment uh, mostly when I was uh, in a depressive episode. Um, Do you always uh, end up in hospital when you become depressed, or are you able to to is that able to manage it sometimes outside of hospital? Uh, uh, in the later years, I. I I was admitted only uh, or uh, basically uh, when I was uh, admitted for depression mm -hmm. because uh, because my hypomania uh, then I was uh, uh, I, I was a very funny guy really uh, yeah. Uh, yeah and uh, I I didn't uh, do uh, anything to harm anyone. Uh, I was just uh, happy. Yeah. Um, uh, my understanding uh, is that nobody's ever complained about being hypermanic. Nah, no. And uh, for myself, that, I, I had the time of my life. I was so energetic and, and uh, everything went well and... Uh, uh, I say I thought, uh, and uh, I ha hadn't any insight in that I that it wasn't uh, really well. Actually, that's an important thing. We didn't discuss this earlier, but unfortunately, one of the things which is really typical of hypermania and mania is this insight disappearing, and and so basically, what that means is. As a person becomes elevated, they have no idea that they're becoming elevated, and that's no. a real that's a real hallmark of um, bipolar illnesses in the in these sort of elevated phases. It's, it's sort of the first thing that goes. Actually, a person starts to elevate, and they immediately have no idea. No, uh, and even uh, you should you think you should learn uh, along the way, but uh, when you are in that state, uh, you you have no no uh, you have no insight uh, yeah. whatsoever. Yeah. Even um, because, uh, yeah. Yeah, and um, this is a major problem if you're trying to manage bipolar illness because what a person needs if they're becoming elevated is to have their treatment changed to stop the, the episode from happening because. As you've described, people become elevated and they crash into depression. But unfortunately, yeah. the person who's experiencing it does not see that it's happening. No. And that's a real challenge with managing bipolar illness. Yes. Mm. So you've been... <clears throat> do you, have you always had hypermatic episodes that preceded the depressive episodes or do you sometimes just have yeah. depressive episodes? No, no they, they have been following each other quite regularly. Yeah. Uh, and uh, 
I would say it started with with hypomaniac uh, uh, symptoms, and then it went down to uh, uh, depression. Yeah. And that's that's the episode. So they were connected. Yeah, okay. So, So you've been being treated for... A bipolar illness for quite a long time and yes so have the medications changed over the years or is it always yes uh, after the cisordinol mm-hmm. and lithium uh, i had clozapine for 13 years that's a, and that's an antipsychotic yes uh, but uh, it was i met a, a doctor that prescribed me that uh, and it uh, worked uh, quite well, uh, but you had this uh, quite uh, detachment of the feelings. Uh, yeah, exactly. And, but then uh, at 2006, I had my darkest moment, I think. Right. And... Uh, it was uh, I was uh, uh, with a guy that I knew I was in and took a loan mm-hmm. for uh, uh, for amount of money mm-hmm. uh, and uh, that uh, uh, was not uh, uh, going well. Uh, so you you were you were elevated and you went and got a loan to yeah 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 this to give right. to a friend to give to uh, a friend or uh, yeah a friend but as I thought was a friend uh, but uh, it uh, so uh, it uh, I didn't got payments and uh, I got. Uh, more and more depressed, uh, my parents asked what, what it was. I was ashamed uh, over it, and and they come in and uh, to me, and now you tell us what, what's the what's wrong, and then I told them, and this friend uh, lived uh, uh, in the next block from me. Mm-hmm. And they went there to talk with him, and then I, uh, this was the spur of the moment, I, I, uh, I slashed a wrist and, uh, and took some uh, tranquilizers. Okay. But my, my, I have my mother's gut feeling to, talk, to thank. Okay. Because they they came back and found me in my bathroom, and then called the ambulance, and then I woke up on the uh, uh, intensive care unit. Right. So mm. so so I have my mother to thank for that I'm alive today. Okay. Yeah. So. Your mother's got feeling. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so this is uh, this sounds like this is this is the, you would say this is the the darkest moment. This is my darkest moment. So yeah. the following three years, I, I was more 
in, in admitted than I was out. Yeah, okay. Uh, and uh, I got uh, I got uh, 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 then uh, uh, what do you say? Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I lost what I said. Okay. I lost my words. Yeah. Uh, Actually, we did mention this at the start, but you're using your second language. <laughs> yeah, really yeah. Listening. So yeah. you're having to translate on the spot, and you, thank you very much for doing that. Um, <laughs> yeah. So you had uh, you had um, you're in this really dark point in your life. So you've you've tried to take your own life, and you've spent the next few years in hospital more than not. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's right. And uh, uh, to 2009. When uh, uh, I uh, got the opportunity to uh, to uh, to have ECT, okay, and this is electric convulsive therapy. Yeah, ECT, or yeah. sometimes people call it shock therapy. And this is yeah, this yeah. is this has got a a lot of it's got quite a bad name for in in some areas. It's quite. A, yeah, it, it, yeah, but I, I will uh, not dramatize it. It's, it is a very good treatment, but yeah. for deep rep uh, depressions, uh, certain uh, psychosis, yes, and uh, uh, and borderline, they have tried and. Even Parkinson, they have yeah. tried. Uh, it's certainly, I mean, it has it has a sort of a controversial history. Um, yes, ECT has yeah. been used in in psychiatric treatment the whole time, and as you're saying, it's it's pretty much used when someone is extremely depressed or psychotic and nothing yeah. else is working. And so, yes. so, so you start you start a course of ECT at this point. Yes, uh, I can mention my. Uh, my savior was Axel Nordenskjöld. Okay. If you know him, yeah. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, it, but he might it, do this, so it's good to give him a shout out. Well, uh, yeah. Could so give him a shout out. Yeah. Uh, so I uh, got treatment uh, then. Uh, in the beginning, you get an uh, emergency treatment, uh, three, three uh, treatments per week in two weeks. Mm -hmm. But then I got an, uh, a treatment twice every month okay. uh, for a year. Wow, okay, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, but. Uh, that, that I, I count I count my life before and after ECT. Okay, so it really made a difference. Yeah, for me it was uh, it was so uh, uh, it felt so right, and uh, only after three four uh, four uh, treatments I could feel the weight of my shoulders was was lifted. Uh, and uh, and I got this now feeling in my head, uh, and I, 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 I and the, the worries I had 
uh, was uh, lifted away uh, in a way. So, so it was a depression. Your depression just lifts. Yeah, it was so. It was a very, very good feeling. Mm-hmm. And uh, ECT today is very. It's you are so uh, so supervised from uh, from uh, staff, and uh, the doctor can uh, can uh, set the the treatment uh, machine in exactly the the same. Uh, or, or the, the, the so they can they can really tailor and personalize the the treatment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is this something? So at this point, you you have a you have a a years long course of ECT. Um, yeah. Do you, have you had any more since, or is it just that that one year? Uh, I ha- no, I I. Uh, I, I now uh, before it was like a tsunami now uh, that uh, washed over you, but uh, but now it uh, I have not not worse than any other uh, uh, person would feel. Uh, you have a bad day, or you you have a. Uh, but in my case, uh, I, I I have uh, uh, I have some support uh, from from uh, my uh, uh, I have Bo and the Stud support from 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 a place that uh, comes home to you and mm. they have uh, they have stuff uh, all, all around the clock mm. so i can so you basically got it you've got you've got someone who's assisting you that comes and checks on you yeah. sees how you're going helps you with yeah helps you yeah. with things uh, that you need help with okay yeah yeah that's right so since if, if i'm if i'm following you correctly then you had this course of ect and yes. since then, you've been able to manage your illness much, much better. Uh, yeah, yeah. I would, I would say so. Um, I'm assuming you're still taking medication. Yes, I do, but uh, I, I got to stop with the, the lithium because it uh, was affecting my kidneys. Yeah, it's a very hard medication to take. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, so now I have. Uh, uh, Absenor. Uh, okay. It is a, a mood stabilizer. Okay. Uh, yeah. It is uh, really a epilepsia. Yeah. Medication. Yeah. Yeah. So you're since the ECT, you've been um, managing your illness outside of hospital. You're taking a mood stabilizer. Are you still taking an antipsychotic? Yes, I do quetiapine. Okay, so you're managing the illness using these two medications. You've got some assistance with managing living and 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 stress. Yes. Have you yes. have you have you used therapists, psychologists, or anybody else? 
Yes, uh, yes, I should. Uh, I would come to this. Uh, I uh, f for eleven years I I went to uh, between uh, two thousand and two thousand and eleven. Mm. Uh, I went for the uh, KB uh, cognitive uh, behavioral behavioral uh, therapy. Uh, yeah. Uh, once a week, and uh, and the psychologist said when we wrapped uh, the things up, and so in the end, that he thought that it would take a lot more time okay. than eleven years. So okay. it was, it was, uh, yeah. But uh, and so that was, and, you, and that was helpful. That was helpful, really. Uh, but uh, the, the so I'm guessing that the, the COBT with with bipolar illness would have been about um, learning how to manage your illness with yes. your things and your behavior yes. and your, yeah. your routines and your patterns and yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you, I would say so. And uh, uh, you you uh, had some. Uh, uh, yeah, I thought that the psychologist should give you a bit feedback and so on, but uh, you you should like some figure some uh, figure things out for yourself mm. more. Okay. Uh, and uh, and uh, and learn uh, from that. Uh, I mm. saw it as a uh, as a evolving uh, that you evolved. Uh, yeah, and I'm I'm grateful that I got the opportunity. I I I stood in the in in the queue for four years uh, yeah, okay. before I uh, got that far. So so I was very grateful to have the opportunity to uh, to go through that therapy. So you've gone from arriving as a 17 year old kid into an old psychiatric hospital terrified to all the way through to um, different admissions some successful ECT using some medications and some getting some therapeutic assistance and you're doing pretty well yeah no yeah no I would say so today I I'm feeling more uh, harmony and balanced Mm. And uh, and I can uh, go out and uh, talk about it uh, uh, for yeah for different groups mm. and uh, I can show that uh, how show how mental illness can look like yeah and I I use myself as a tool yeah. to 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 make people understand that. It can it can affect anybody. Yeah, yeah. I, I had some uh, had some numbers here. Twenty three percent of the of the population before they are seventy will uh, can be uh, affected by depression. Mm -hmm. And that's both male and female. So a quarter so of the population. 
Yeah, and WHO list the depression in 2030. That would be number one in in uh, diagnosis. Okay. In the Western world. That's pretty scary. Yeah. Mm. So, what happens now? So, looking forward. Uh, it sounds like you're really getting on top of this. You're really starting to work out how to manage it. So, what's going to happen for you next? Uh, I'm I'm going to. Uh, I. Uh, I'm active in in the in a different uh, uh, different organizations, mm-hmm. uh, 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 and uh, I uh, uh, try to 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 get uh, busy with with that. Uh, but now now. With the corona, we are a bit a bit on ice. Yes, it's a bit hard to be doing public speaking yeah, there. Yeah, no yeah. public to speak to. Yeah, yeah. So, so we. But uh, well, hopefully, doing this doing this recording is one way to kind of keep the message going. I guess um, usually. You yeah, speak I, 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 I will continue to try to. Uh, try to uh, uh, to uh, uh, spread the, the mes- message uh, in uh, uh, to uh, people uh, and uh, and that that work uh, go, goes on. Yeah, and I guess when we all come out the other side of this uh, pandemic, then you'll be back. In the classroom with us, uh, yes. sharing your experiences in the future. You've yeah. been incredibly, you've been incredibly generous with your time. This has gone much longer than I thought. Um, yeah, I, I hope, uh, I hope you get out something about uh, from this. And uh, I, I'm uh, awaiting your questions. Yes. Uh, that's the, uh, that's the interesting bit. Uh, what questions you have? So I think we'll um, we'll get this to our students, and and they're going to come back with some questions, and and we can perhaps put the two pieces together. But for the time being, I'm going to say thank you very much for your time. Thank uh, you for having me, and thank you for sharing a, a really interesting story that's uh, good for everyone to hear. I think. Yeah, I think uh, I hope it uh, it will help. Uh, help your students to understand a bit more how how we can look like i i must say this i'm not uh, i'm not uh, not unique in any way uh, uh, one to two percent percent uh, is uh, affected by bipolar disorder yeah. uh, uh, and uh, 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 I must say that uh, there are ma- uh, there are some like me out there, but uh, a, a lot of I, yeah. yeah. But I dare to speak about it, so I'm not afraid to to say to people that uh, I I've been affected by by this. Yeah, and that's wonderful. And yeah. thank you very much for sharing your time. Yeah, thank yeah. you.
Okay. Yep, I'm going to just try and stop this recording here. How do I do that? <laughs> yeah. Uh...